Hi, Sabrina. Hi, Susanna. Thank you guys for joining us today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get our event and presentation started. Um, today, we are focusing on family planning, and we have two speakers. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Carla Norelli and Dr. Yvonne Yang, who are both Central Coast Childbirth Network members. Um, we will, again, be highlighting benefits uh, or how to plan for the family using their specific resources. Um, and so if you do have any questions, we will have a Q&A session at the end of both presentations. And before we get started with our presentations, I would like to just highlight our mission and vision. So our mission for Central Coast Childbirth Network is to provide a diverse network of birth and wellness professionals who are committed to inform, educate, and advocate for the individual needs of Central Coast families from preconception through the first year of parenting. Our vision for this year is to be a leading organization for the birth and wellness professionals on the Central Coast, building a platform to bridge the professional's information and education to the community. So the Coffee Connection event series was created specifically to connect our membership base with our uh, with each other so that we were more involved and more aware of the resources that are already here so that we could better serve our local families and again, so that we are more knowledgeable about the resources that we can provide. So again, today we will be focusing on family planning and Dr. Carla Norelli, I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to you if you wouldn't mind brief, uh, giving us a brief introduction and then we'd love to hear about what you have to share with us today. Of course, thank you. Uh, my name is Carla Norelli and I am an acupuncturist in San Luis, just outside downtown. I've been here for since 2012, so whatever, whatever that, whatever that is. And I have a general family practice. We specialize in fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and kind of anything along the active and sexual health and well-being spectrum. Um, when it comes to family planning, I usually there's kind of three subsets that I pay attention to. One it would be the Preconception family planning, that's for people who are not trying yet, but looking to start trying within three months, six months, a year of time. Uh, second subset would be people who are actively trying. Those people usually come to see me when they've been trying for six months or a year and haven't had any success. Um, some are already working with their OBs. Some are already working with reproductive endocrinologists. Some just want to ask the questions of what to do and where to go without getting Western medical involved yet. And then the third subset is my patients that are doing, actively trying with some assistance, either IUI, medicated or not, IVF, um, and, and the of what that looks like. So in all three subsets, most of what I do besides acupuncture and Chinese herbs is a lot of patient education, uh, stress relief, lifestyle recommendations, all more from a Chinese lens. Um, but I do a very integrated practice. Uh, my, my kind of perfect patient would be someone that is coming in about six months prior to wanting to try. And this is important because egg health and sperm health does take about three months to really notice a big change. And so when people are already trying, 
and they're stressed out and it's been nine months, they're not often willing to give me and themselves like a three month break where they're really going to focus in on their health and then kind of start trying them. So my preference would be who knows that they're going to start trying within a year starts coming in and we can sit and talk kind of like fertility 101 when the best time to have intercourse is what their cycle like day one is actually the first day of your bleeding uh, i have found that most people don't actually know much about their cycles and that their education was pretty lacking so um a lot of what I do is just kind of help people understand their cycle. And then also It looks like you briefly cut out there for a minute, but I love that you are spending so much time when, when families are trying to conceive on just um, helping them to understand the cycle. Cause I feel like that is such a big, um, whole of information and there is so much that is easy so much information that's fairly easy to obtain just by monitoring yourself and um, I had no clue until trying to conceive again and starting to kind of nerd out on my own about um, some of the information that's out there and that's easily obtainable and easy to um, to implement um, Dr. Yang, it looks like um, Carla's internet may have uh, jumped off there. So she said she'll pop back in as soon as she can. Um, do you mind um, kind of going into yours? Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Um, so let me just share the screen real quick. All right. Um, let's see, which desktop screen is it? Uh, I think it's this one. Wait, Chrome unknown. Did that share anything? Um, no, not yet. Is it allowing you? Grant access. Do you need to make her co-host, Alexandra? Um, allow, okay. We'll not be able to record the content until it is quit later. Sorry, let me try that real quick. I mean, I can do it without it. Um, okay, I did just change the co-host permission, so maybe now it will let you. Does that show the presentation or does that show my speaker notes? <laughs> I think it shows your speaker notes. Right? Okay, let's, <laughs> so let's do that again. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Where is my options? Where did my options go to change? No, <laughs> stop share. Okay, we'll try that one more time. <laughs> uh, share screen. Oh, there, now it gives me the, okay. Is that sharing my? Yes. Okay, so um, my name is Yvonne Yang. Um, I'm an osteopathic physician. Um, that's just a little bit about me. Um, I did my internship on the Central Coast, which is kind of where I fell in love with um, 
but currently I'm actually in Kentucky um, doing a specialization in neuromuscular medicine. Um, so that's why I put all of that. So you understand my connection to the Central Coast. Um, but as far as what I wanted to talk about today, um, I don't want to make sure that uh, Carla has time to get back. This is the brief agenda. There's not a lot of awareness on the West Coast of what osteopathic um, manipulative medicine is. So that's kind of what we'll be going over. Um, so the quick and dirty, osteo it's called osteopathic manipulative medicine or osteopathic manipulative treatment. There's all these confusing acronyms, but essentially it's like the hands-on bodywork component to medicine. Um, and it's one tool that a doctor of osteopathic medicine can use along with drugs, procedures, tests, et cetera. Um, so it's just one tool in the toolkit that MDs don't necessarily have training in. Um, so the scientific definition is the study of the mesokinetic or the neuromuscular skeletal system and how it relates to the whole uh, mind, body, spirit. So a lot of what uh, Carla was saying was really resonating with me because I felt like there's a lacking in our, um, our current medical system for this mind, body connection in the West. Um, and so the founder of osteopathy, I feel like he is um, someone who kind of like is discovering what the East has known for many years and is finding a way to um, explain it in uh, terms that we can understand. Um, so it does address all body tissues, including bone, ligaments, fascia, muscles, vasculature, nerves, lymphatics, and then kind of how they all relate together in this dynamic biotensegrity system. But for what the patient would care about, it essentially just seeks to optimize someone's health, what um, someone's health potential. So meet them where they're at. Um, as far as uh, what is OMT, OMT is like osteopathic manual therapy. So um, it's part of the medicine. It's specifically the manual part. Um, and so it includes all sorts of modalities. Um, and a DO will use any modality or a combination thereof, depending on what the patient's body tissues need. So it's not necessarily a protocol. It's not an algorithm, but those are just some modalities that I listed because um, in the West, there's like a, or on the West Coast, there's a better understanding of the wellness space than the healthcare space. And my world is kind of when both of those kind of collide. So some people know what a massage therapist is or a chiropractor. Um, and they do overlap in some of the modalities they use, but there are some key differences. Um, so those are all the stuff that uh, DO doing OMM um, will or should know how to do and do um, proficiently. And then as far as when it's indicated, um, this is kind of like uh, an epidemiological model, the host versus disease. So you have Western medicine is really good at acute care, critical care. Um, Western medicine is not very good at chronic care. Um, and so uh, Western medicine is also much more disease oriented, whereas um, it kind of neglects the host component of somebody's health, right? Um, so, and this is where the wellness space does well because they address the host component. Um, but there's, there's not really like an understanding of how those can be bridged. So OMT works mostly in the host component of, um, of someone's health presentation. So you need somebody to have had enough insults in their body that they're more susceptible to um, 
succumbing to some kind of ailment. And then you have to have the actual disease process that's happening, ha happening in their body to manifest as illness. So OMT works if there's a component in the person's you know, issue that has more to do with their host component. And then the rest of medicine, the pills, the surgeries, all that other stuff is, is what the, the disease part can take care of. Um, so really it just depends on what component. So a patient could present with asthma, an asthma exacerbation um, and have a 10% component that's host and a 90% component that's asthma then they need the medications. Or they could present in an asthma exacerbation and have a rib cage restriction, but not really have any issue with their medicines. And so if that's the case, then their same presentation of like having difficulty breathing would be just pretty much fixed with a little bit of manual therapy and not really require that much medication or help the blood levels of the, um, the medication get through their vasculature um, into their lungs and airspace. And, so that's kind of like what osteopathic physicians try and figure out. Is there a host component? And if there is, then can we help out with it? So it works well with any other medical specialty. Um, and it works, it just basically works well hand in hand um, with, it's kind of fills in the gap for a lot of what Western, Western medicine is lacking. Um, and then as far as like what specifically when it's specifically indicated is it's when we find what we call a somatic dysfunction. And that's essentially just some kind of hindrance in your musculoskeletal system um, that is just a little bit not optimized within its physiological range. Um, and if that little hindrance is playing a role in the patient's complaint, if it can be correlated with their symptoms and if it's reversible. Um, and so if all those are true, then OMT is in indicated. And so basically uh, we treat anyone who suffers from almost any ailment of any sort, um, but if there's a host component to their ailment. And so these are common things that we treat on the regular. Um, some of those things seem will seem more muscular skeletal in origin, but we also treat in the hospital setting, we treat people with um, more disease um, kind of uh, complaints um, because there's a large host component to them. And then, um, so as far as like the difference between manual um, OMM and OMT and other manual therapies, it's a little bit confusing because, um, but the way I explain it to people is osteopathic manual medicine is kind of like the Western world's um, uh, like it's what's missing in Western medicine that the East has already figured out. Um, and so it is, uh, using, you know, there's a lot of overlap with a lot of other manual therapies, but, um, everyone practices within their scope of practice. Like I love acupuncture. I don't know anything about the herbs or any of the points. So obviously I can't do acupuncture, even though I understand the theory and really, um, appreciate it. So, um, what osteopathic medicine does is um, we diagnose and we treat each individual uniquely and with um, a precision that takes into account also their medical issues. So we respond to body tissues and what they need at that moment in time, um, understanding that not all type muscles need massage, 
Um, not all stuck vertebras need to be cracked. Um, not all sensitive people need myofascial treatment because it's not a one size fits all. We don't treat via a protocol. Um, we treat each person's unique trauma history um, when it's ready to let go of it at that moment. And when I say trauma, I don't mean just a big car accident. Um, I mean, chemical trauma from inflammation, emotional trauma and how it's stored in like the tissues, kind of everything. Um, we're also not dictated by our modalities. So we use appropriate, what we feel like is appropriate for the tissues at that point in time. So we often end up combining um, a bunch of different modalities um, and we treat in the, both inpatient in the clinic setting and in the, uh, the outpatient in the clinic setting as well in the hospital. Um, and then um, the other benefit is that since we do have the same medical training as um, MDs, then we do this all within consideration of a person's medical issues and how it might affect um, their issues. So for example, if we treat an area of the thoracic spine that optimizes their vasculature, then all of a sudden they're getting increased blood flow. So they're gonna have increased blood levels of their drugs. And so that might mean they might need less drugs than they were originally prescribed. Um, if someone has, you know, if we treat someone's lymphatics and then all of a sudden they have a better lymphatic drainage, um, maybe that's safe for most people, but it's not safe for someone who's in an uh, acute heart failure situation. So, um, and then we also treat a lot of um, mimics. So cardiac chest pain, that's actually not cardiac, it's non-cardiac or kidney stones that are actually just um, a visceral somatic reflex. So we do kind of, um, we're able to kind of differentiate between something that needs to be <laughs> sent out to like a, um, a specialist or to the hospital um, versus something that we can just treat the body with. Um, and it's not to say that other body workers aren't amazing, but um, everyone's practicing within their scope. So I refer people out all the time when I find something that isn't necessarily um, a muscular skeletal thing, or they're not responding appropriately, and they might need a surgical in intervention, or they might need acupuncture, or they might need something else. I refer out all the time when um, I find a patient that isn't really responding how one should if they had a somatic dysfunction that I could help with. Um, but as a patient, it's kind of hard to know um, where to go and who to go and how often, how long to keep seeking certain types of treatments. So I put that slide up just uh, and wanted to talk through it just for, I know we're talking, this is mostly for providers, but as patients, um, you know, it can be confusing as well. Um, so then some considerations for mothers. Um, we can help in the antipotter phase as your body grows and change with the pregnancy. Um, you have the relaxant hormone. And so a lot of back pain, neck pain, carpal tunnel, GERD, um, things like that can be treated with OMT. Um, you're also more susceptible to UTIs, constipation, hemorrhoids, um, uh, swelling. So OMT can also help um, with all of that. In the peripartum state, um, OMT can optimize your chances of avoiding inductions and having the kind of birth that you want. Um, and then postpartum, we help a lot with pelvic pain, back pain, um, C-section, incisional pain, adhesion management, um, postpartum depression, things like that. Uh, for um, babies, there 
consideration for babies. Um, a lot of people don't uh, realize this, but OMG can help a lot with um, latch issues with GERD, torticollis, plagiocephaly, um, and that also has to do with the trauma of birth and how it affects the cranial occiput and how all the cranial nerves come out that um, have a role in the suck reflex and things like that. Um, and then, oops. And then considerations for children. So these are also a list of common things that children are afflicted with that um, can be helped with OMT, especially if there's a host component, which often there is. Um, and the whole idea of this is that um, all of our bodies are inherently trying to move towards health. When you cut yourself, your wound heals. Um, and so we just essentially try and remove the hindrance in the body that's impeding the own body or the host component ability to um, reach their health potential. Um, so, and then that's pretty much it. I didn't want to take too much of <laughs> everyone else's time and leave um, time for um, Q&A, but that's kind of like a high level. What is OMM? What is OMT? What do I do? Um, so in summary, we, we a DO practicing OMT is uh, working to find your health potential. We work with our hands. Um, and with whatever medical care you're re receiving, uh, in fact, it, whatever we do helps optimize any other um, healthcare you're receiving in, from other specialties. Um, and it's non-invasive, um, there's no contraptions, it's very gentle, it's very well tolerated, there's very few side effects at all um, and very few contraindications, no medications. And as a practitioner, it's super fun, <laughs> I love it. So, all right. I'll end and let you get Thank back. you so much for sharing. Um, and I love that you kept talking about how you, um, how your profession basically kind of bridges the gap between what Western medicine already knows and what so many of us love and appreciate about Eastern uh, practices. So um, I'm sure we'll have some questions come in as we get to the Q and A section. Um, I'm going to, Jump back to you, Dr. Norelli. Um, you were kind of you kind of left off when you were talking about helping um, people to understand their cycle. That that's um, like the the building block that you start on, and so sometimes it can be hard for people who have been trying to conceive for six months, nine months, whatever it is, and for them to actually give into that process for a few months. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it is because you know, Chinese medicine and any East. East Asian medicine is they're beautiful medicines, but they're slow. You know, they, they work with the root of the problem. We talk a lot about root versus branch and we like the egg health and sperm health is really the root of the problem. And then irregular cycles or endometriosis may be the branch and people come in wanting quick fixes. They, they want to get acupuncture twice and then get pregnant. And so slowing them down and helping them understand really to, to make big changes, we need time um, with acupuncture and herbs. And so the more time you have, the better. And when people do come in and they've already been trying to conceive for a while, I work a lot on stress relief. It's kind of these layers where I have the underlying layer where I'm really trying to work on egg health, reproductive health, sperm health with herbs and acupuncture. And then I kind of also layer on this 
pain relief for like any PMS signs, any mitigation of, so they can actually leave the treatment feeling different. And then there's the third aspect you kind of layer on, which is the stress relief and helping them find hope again, because so many people come in and don't have any hope anymore. They're so, everyone around them is getting pregnant and they're going to baby showers right and left. And this just depression and anxiety is so heavy on them. And so part of the job of preconception is sitting with the patient and holding space to hear their story and what their needs are and then helping them find some hope again. And this is all just one little layer where the acupuncture and herbs can really hone in from, from a deeper layer. Same thing with IVF or IUIs, if people are coming in with any kind of assisted reproductive health, there's these layers where REs or reproductive endocrinologists don't allow me typically to give any herbs. So, and most people come in when they're already in the middle of an IVF cycle. And so it is mostly, I'm trying to do some underlying root problems of egg and egg health and lining health, but then also help them find peace. Um, like while they're in the situation that they're in, because most people don't go into pregnancy thinking they're going to have IVF. It, that comes up later and it is, it's everything. It's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual. It, it hits on all the levels, which is why I love acupuncture because Western medicine doesn't typically, they're good at the medical side of it, but there's, there's not much holding space for the emotional side or the spiritual side of, of any assisted reproduction. So the beautiful thing about acupuncture is it kind of hits on all levels. And I think my job also is to assess um, any labs that come in or imaging, semen analysis, and then also pair that with patients' willingness, their plans, their future plans, their the, the timeline that they have in their head for pregnancy and help them create a plan for what that looks like given their situation. Um, and I think that's often missing from the Western medical model is working with the patient to look at the whole story and say, okay, um, what's realistic? What are your needs and how can I best serve you? And I just do that from acupuncture and herbs and lifestyle stuff. But um, it is a, a kind of in a similar vein, just bridging the gap between Western and like reality, sort of like the, the whole thing of it. So that's, I think what I have to say for family planning and acupuncture. So thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's really cool to see, um, in my opinion, to see the overlap and how both of you are talking about um, bridging that gap between the Western medicine that typically, especially when um, we're talking pregnancy, that's what most people go to right off the bat, right? I'm, I'm pregnant or I'm trying to get pregnant. I'm going to go see my OB. And we all know that there's some limitations to that. And there's often like the both, of, but like both of you, Dr. Norelli and Dr. Yang were expressing, there's a lot more to the system than just getting pregnant. Um, there's a lot that can happen structurally or stress-related, mentally, emotionally, all those things. So um, I'm going to go ahead and open it up to Q&A time. Um, if you have a question and you would like to type it in the chat box, you can do that. Or if you would like to just unmute yourself, 
Um, you can go ahead and ask a question here as well. I see Jennifer looking around. Do you have a question for us? Actually, I don't, but I do. I have met both these ladies and talked with them. I'm thrilled to see that Yvonne is actually in Kentucky and continuing to pursue her study. I didn't know that that was a, still a happening thing because of COVID. Um, and I guess I want to say that listening to each of you talk, I just hear the growth um, because I remember meeting Carla when she was first getting started with all of this and you talk so much more in depth now and with so much more fluency because of all the work that you've done in all of these years. It's not just something out of a textbook at all for you anymore and that's wonderful. And Yvonne, I can just see that the time that you've already spent in Kentucky has, I mean, just, I mean, there's been a tremendous amount of growth for you in this time. And so, yay, and does, are we still, um, potentially on your list for coming back to oh, yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay that's all I have to say <laughs> I love it here but uh the ice storm winter thing not a fan <laughs> I'm sure that's really hard to adjust to coming from the central like, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, hi Dr. Fawcett how are hi. you today I'm doing well. I'm in Clovis teaching at the osteopathic medical school here. And I was just going to add that um, Yvonne and I have talked and I'm hoping she'll come back to help me take care of the many patients who are in need Yay. of osteopathic population in our community. So I'll be happy to have her back. We'll talk. <laughs> Oh, good morning. I do have some questions. Thank you both for being here. Um, I know personally, Carla um, helped me on my journey. Um, so, so appreciative of that. Um, and um, both for your um, expertise, I kind of wanted to bring up um, a different subject in that um, wondering how many patients you see. So we talk about pregnancy, but, um, and I think understanding like the Western medicine is, you know, treating, but that preventative. And so how many of your clients or how, how many, how many people do you see that are either going in through surrogacy or fostering to adopt or adoption that may need to come in, I, you know, for acupuncture, um, just with the, um, emotional and spiritual stresses of that, do you see a lot of people? And then what was the educational background like for um, LGBTQ health and how that plays a part in osteopathic or acupuncture medicine? Yeah, um, I would say my, from my experience here, I have worked with surrogacy, um, both, both the pregnant person and the family members who are awaiting their baby. And I love, I mean, I, I love traditional families, but I love working with the different stories of all sorts of, I mean, even donor eggs, donor sperm, anything in adoption or surrogacy, because it's not talked about a whole lot. And I feel like having a safe space to embrace what familyhood and parenthood looks like is important. And, um, surrogacy it's a whole it's a whole different emotional ball game 
And so it, it's treated pretty much the exact same of, of if it was not a surrogacy. Um, and I don't, I don't see much adoption in my practice, but I do with donor embryos and donor eggs and, and donor sperm and what that looks like, whether it's from a single person getting donor sperm or a family getting a donor embryo. Um, so I hope that answers your question. And then Ma, the for part of LGBTQ2 um, kind of inclusivity training, I've done inclusivity training. So all my paperwork is now um, gender neutral and um, I continue to do education on that. I, you know, it's something that I see a lot because of what Western calls social infertility, which basically means there's not a sperm and an egg coming from the couple. Um, and so I, I tend to see a lot of that because most Western doctors that I've worked with don't typically look into the health of the person trying to get pregnant because just consider social infertility. So they just figure they just need to do an IUI. Um, and the person has gone through eight, 10 IUIs and no one's ever looked at um, the fact that they have no progesterone. So it's just giving a little bit of a, a safer space and a wider eye to what may be quickly overlooked um, in some quick OB's offices. Thank you, I really appreciate that. That's wonderful. Um, I guess uh, your question about the LGBT and osteopathy, um, because most of what I do and what we do is um, just about optimizing a person's health where they're at. Um, it's not really any different for LGBT as far as their treatment, because we just treat whatever hindrance we find. Um, and you like, especially if it's correlated with their issues. Um, a lot of what we do is, you know, essentially treating or helping remove the hindrance so their body can heal their own trauma. And that trauma could be a macro trauma, like a big car accident, or it could be an emotional trauma from, you know, transitioning, um, just however that's held in their body tissues, we just help them release that. So we often do find people, um, when we do our exam, we don't even necessarily ask them about all these specific traumas, but they just bring it up because when you get to the part on their body where it's being stored and it's, it feels a little strange to you and you just ask, was there anything going on here? They open up and they just have this cathartic release where they're, you know, connecting how their body and their mind and spirit kind of all came together in that moment. And finally can let go. So it doesn't really change with um, LGBT, but for anyone who's like transitioning and undergoing any kind of hormone treatment, like I said, since we're optimizing their physiological function, it's going to help with, you know, their blood levels of a drug. It's going to help with them clearing things um, better through their body, things like that. Thank you both so much Thank for touching you. on that. Thank you, Sabrina, for your questions. Um, we have, Susanna, did you have any questions you want to pop in here? If not, I'll go ahead and ask mine. I just wanted to be sure. Hi, everyone. Oh, my goodness. I don't have any questions, but I wanted to say 
this was so amazing. I wish everyone could hear all of that information because I didn't know so much of that information before um, going through pregnancy and, and PCOS and all of these things and not understanding some of that. I wish I knew all of this information years ago. So I'm just so grateful that I got to hear all of this and I cannot wait to see I mean, you guys are just changing the community. It's amazing. So I'm so grateful that I could be a part of this. Thank you guys for sharing so much. Thank you. Thanks for popping on, Suzanne. Um, I did have a couple of questions, um, mainly just some of the kind of nuts and bolts. Do either of you um, accept uh, mainstream insurances or what do your kind of payment structures look like if we were sending clients to you um, just so we kind of have a general understanding? Um, I accept, I'm in network with United, United PPO and HMO. I'm out of network with all the other insurances, but I do provide super bills. And then I also do um, it's kind of like a package situation for pre-birth acupuncture, which starts at 36 weeks and is weekly through 40 weeks. So. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm not currently practicing <laughs> there okay. yet. So when I come back, I'll probably have to figure out <laughs> the business side of things. Um, I mean, I want to make it accessible, but I'm not sure how that'll look. Okay, awesome. Thank you both. And then um, I also- I just wanted to add on that question, most insurances. So um, I do the same essentially that Carla does with super bills. And I just always tell my patients that most traditional insurance reimburses at 50% of what I charge. So it's reasonable for most people, I feel like with the super bill. And yeah, then I felt organizations who submit that for you. So it makes it totally easy for patients to just have somebody else take care of it for $10. So yeah, to streamline that a bit. Thank you. That's helpful too. Cause a lot of times I know with, um, you know, holistic medicine, you're not going to bank on the insurance a lot. And so when we're thinking outside of the Western medicine structure, um, I think a lot of people go into it knowing that the majority of that's going to be out of pocket, but to know that there is the option of a super bill and even some partial reimbursement, uh, potential is helpful. Um, I also had, oh, I wanted to say, um, Dr. Norelli, I loved your analysis of the, uh, the root versus branch structure and what you're actually looking at um, helping with. And it, it's funny too, you highlighted about the branch and about the quick fix. And I'm just thinking about like, yeah, we just want these flowers blooming on this big tree or this fruit on this tree. And it's like, Wait, we need to nurture all of the soil. We need to make sure it's getting water and sunlight and give it time. And so um, I just really liked that. So thank you for, for putting that out there. Um, if the two of you, Dr. Yang and Dr. Norelli, don't have anything else that you would like to highlight before we end our call, then I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. I think I'm good. All right. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I have recorded this and so I will be saving it and sharing it with our other members. Um, and if we do have any questions that come in, I'll go ahead and forward those to you guys um, so that we can get that information out um, to help others. Um, a couple of reminders, we are in our CCCN membership renewal right now. So if you um, 
have not seen any emails come in. That could be because you're a little bit of a later renewal, but just know that we're coming up on quite a few of those. Um, if you haven't received emails about membership renewal or the book club or updates in the last couple of weeks, then know that you need to reach out to us because we've sent quite a few emails out. Um, we also just sent an email this morning letting everyone know that thanks to a couple of sponsorships from Central Coast Breastfeeding Coalition and Dignity Health and the support of Center for Family Strengthening, we now are able to offer our book club for free for the remainder of the time of the book club. Um, we're currently reading Medical Bondage by Dr. Cooper Owens. Uh, we meet every Thursday evening, and there are a lot more details in the email that went out this morning. But so far, it has been a very enlightening book club. Um, we've had guest speakers, and both Sabrina and Jennifer have been putting together information for the book club members as well. So if you are interested, check your email. Um, one last thing I would like to do, if everyone can pop their videos on is, or whoever's comfortable with it, is grab a group photo to share with our um, email that will go out. Yes, fix the hair, fix all the things, <laughs> get comfy, and I will go ahead and take a photo. Uh, Susan, if you can pop in, I'm going to go ahead. There's our girl. All right, let me find my button. Okay, and one, two, three. Awesome. I'll go ahead and get us all in there together as if we're not in the middle of COVID and all of our restrictions. We'll pretend that we're all together. <laughs> well, thank you guys all so much. I really appreciate your time this morning and I'm really excited to connect with you again um, for some other stuff, Dr. Norelli and Dr. Yang. So thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.